You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello and welcome to Acting Up, the podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at The Griot, and this week, I'm so excited to welcome back Nicole Bahari. So Nicole Bahari is my first repeat guest on Acting Up. She's one of my favorite actors, and she's got two really fantastic projects out right now for all of us to enjoy. One of them is called Hung for Jesus, Save Your Soul. She stars alongside Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. And gosh, this film is amazing. I saw it back at Sundance and... Since then, it's been picked up by Jordan Peele's Monkey Paul Productions and will be available in theaters as well as on Peacock. It's distributed by Focus Features and it is directed by Adama Abo and produced by her twin sister, Adana Abo. And I had such a blast catching up with Adama and Adane and Regina and Sterling last winter when they were premiering this at Sundance. So if you haven't seen that conversation, I suggest you head over to thegrio.com and check it out. It's pretty hilarious. But today I've got the lovely Nicole Bahari here to talk to me about what it was like to play her character in this film that is hugely funny, but also kind of insightful. Nicole is also one of the stars of Breaking, which is a drama that came out just last week. It stars John Boyega and Connie Britton. It's also the last time that we see the late, great Michael K. Williams on film. And this is based on a true story, uh, the true story of Marine veteran Brian Brown Easley, who basically went into a bank one day and said that he had a bomb after being really screwed over by the VA and the government that he spent years protecting. It's a heartbreaking story, very, very important story that really shines a light on this ongoing crisis of mental health in our community, as well as the really messed up way that we treat our veterans. It's directed by Abby Damaris Corbin, and we're going to talk to Nicole Bahari about what went into playing the real life character of Estelle Valerie as well as what it was like to you know, share space with Michael K. Williams in his last film project before his untimely death. So let's get right into it. I'm so excited to share these two films with you. Here we go. Hi, Nicole. It is so nice to hear you. And it's nice to have you back on Acting Up. You are my first repeat guest, actually. Oh, wow. That's an honor. Yes. Thank you for having me, for rehabbing me. Absolutely. And we have a lot to talk about. I mean, I'm, I want to talk, I really want to talk about three projects, but we're going to talk about two projects from you today, which one of them is Breaking, which I saw way back when, when it was still 892. And the other one is Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which is just such a wild ride, so much fun and so crazy. And you were so good in both of these. Thank you. They're very different. Yes. So it's like, I'm already bracing myself for how this conversation is going to go. It goes in completely different directions. Yes, it sure does. And then the last time I talked to you, I think you were gearing up to film scenes from a marriage. And since then that has come out. I 
Loved it. I will say I literally loved that one episode where you had a very big kind of monologue moment I thought was so fantastic. And I thought it was like such an important and kind of overlooked little bit of that show. But that piece really said a lot to me. I thought that was really fantastic. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's funny because I was like, when you said three projects, I was like, what other project could she be talking about? That one. That one. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. Sometimes it's nice to just show up and pop off. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what the hell you did too. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) And a mic drop and she's out. Uh, but also in the company of like incredibly talented and wonderful people that like you learn from and you can't really mess up around because it's so real. And I think that's also what we'll be discussing about these next two projects is like the people I'm working with. It's just insane. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. In both projects. I mean, okay, so let's start with, let's start with the funny one, honk for Jesus, save your soul. Y'all were acting a whole fool. <laughs> we had fun, for sure. <laughs> we didn't have a good time. <laughs> the chemistry between all of you, I felt, was just bouncing off of the walls. And it was, I mean, yes, it's funny. Like, it's a funny movie, but it's not really, like, funny, haha. I mean, it's also kind of deep and introspective, and at least for me, got me thinking You know, I think it'll have a lot of people, particularly Black people, thinking about their home churches, their family churches, people they know in the church, knew in the church, things they went through. It was kind of deep, too. And I wondered, like, what about this particular project attracted you and made it worthy of your time? Oh, man. I mean, all the things that you just said, actually. I love, I love engaging with uh, topics that, we discuss or that we see daily or they're a part of our daily lives, but we don't really dig into it or it's taboo. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this case, this is like a big part of not necessarily for everyone, but for the last hundreds, hundreds of years, like a black American culture, a black culture throughout the diaspora is like this, um, you know, churches and religion and, we don't really take a lot of time to think about who's leading and how we're being led and, or even, you know, have a little fun with it. And I think that Adama, our writer and director, she, she is taking some risks here and she's saying some of the things that we might say in the beauty salon or, you know, over dinner or at the barbershop on camera in a way that is, it's risky, but it's in the same lane as like, you know, uh, do you remember Best in Show or any Christopher Guest movies? I love mm-hmm. those movies. And yeah. I also love during the pandemic, I was, you know, like everybody else, watching a little more TV than I had ever, ever watched in my entire life. So I'm watching reality shows and documentaries and like the follow and, you know, follow a movie star or a rock star around on their tour kind of thing. And it's it's such a curated thing. I love them turning that on its head and revealing more than the person who signed up for it had intended to reveal. And Sterling and Regina, Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall do the most incredible work. And they're so playful, but also revelatory. Like they show so much 
of the um, unspoken and so much of the subtext in a way that I, I hope people understand the mastery that goes into that and still making it funny. Yes. You got to be such a beast to make it funny and then also show your whole heart and soul and agony at the same time. What? What? Okay. <laughs> so I just hope people understand what they're doing up there because they are showing out in more than just one way. And yeah, I wanted to work with them as well. I've been a fan of Regina's forever since like Scream, since I was like a babe. You know, like it's crazy how much of a rock star she is that I, I think she's also one of those people that people don't really give the credit for of like what she's been doing and how long she's been doing it and how gracefully and successfully she's been doing it. And Sterling K. Brown is just a beast, you know, and we all love him and we've all been watching him and this is us. And this is so different and risky and wild that I think it's such a smart choice. Like, Hey, I'm this too. This sensual. It's crazy. You know, it is crazy. And it did. It felt like a master class in acting in comedic timing like it felt like all of those things that you just said and I'll say like a real testament at least to Sterling's performance for me was that like I love Sterling I love him on This Is Us I love his work I love him as a person I love him and his wife Ryan like right love them but I was so disgusted by (laughs) this character I mean that sex scene was the most like Skin crawly, like, oh, thing ever. I mean, like that sex scene was done so well because I had the heebie-jeebies the entire time. And that's hard to pull off. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I was so uncomfortable watching it. But your character, as well as the person that plays your husband in the film, Confidence. He's wild, yo. I love him, too. He was so much fun to play with and work with. So much energy and, like, such a good dude. Such a good dude. I'm sure you, you everyone will be seeing more from him, but his name is Confidence, for real. Confidence. <laughs> where, where were you pulling from, like, to inform this character? Because, like I said, for me, it conjured very specific people I've actually met in my life at church or seen on TV, I felt like I knew these people. So it made me think like maybe you were pulling from people that you've seen or knew. Yeah, but I would never repeat who they are. (laughs) So yes, and that's it. (laughs) What were the qualities you were trying, you know, what were the ingredients? (laughs) Again, we shot this during the sort of height of like the Delta variant. So a lot of it was seeing attending virtual church, you know, and also there's a difference between uh, Regina and Sterling's church and Confidence and, and, and my church, the Sumters, right. Um, Where my character is a co-pastor and she's a first lady. And so there's sort of like watching what that difference is and also seeing it mirrored in the current Christian canon, like, like what's happening, realizing that like, this is definitely a thing. There are newer churches coming up where there are men and women and everyone's in the pulpit. And they're having also like conversations about economics and sexuality and um, that are, are more inclusive. And so that's sort of the demographic that we were representing in the project. Um, and so I just kind of watched some of those as well as, you know, having gone to, churches in the South and, um, you know, just a few people I thought made sense, just stealing little aspects of uh, 
being someone who will get it done by any means necessary, but with velvet gloves. I love that description. Yeah. I love that. I wondered if you've seen all of this, you know, when Beyonce dropped Renaissance, this song Church Girl has caused all kinds of, you know, havoc on the interwebs. And it made me think about this film because I was like, hmm, in a way, I think you're kind of poking the same bear there. And it made me wonder about what the response might be like or how this film might land in certain circles, certain communities and what conversations it might spark. Have you given any thought to that piece of it? Yeah, when we were on set and some of this stuff was being improvised, I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be some trouble. (laughs) But you know what? Good art, good comedy. It has to do that sometimes. We have to take risks and talk about the things that are actually a part of our lives, right? This is such a big part of so many people's lives. And if if, if we can't have conversations about it, especially the things that we already know are a little wonky, right? Mm -hmm. She's only addressing the things that have come out that are wonky to sort of take a look at. There's never a question of whether there's a God or anything like that. So I am curious. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what people will say. But at the same time, I think if there's a lot of vitriol, like that should also be directed towards the people who are in place doing these things, right? Mm -hmm. If we hold up a mirror and people are mad at the reflection, then who are they mad at, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But don't get me wrong. I would like to say another thing. Like I'm someone who went to a mega church for a while in Georgia and has been, grew up a church going person. Love, I, if you take me, I know every song I know, like, so I do love the community of it. And I think that another goal of mine was to bring in, cause they are so, you know, Sterling and Regina's church are so ambitious. I did want to bring in the hope and some of the light of like, people who are wanting to really make a change in the community, that it's not just that. There are people who really care and, um, you know, at least, you know, start off in our story, wanting to do and serve the community. Yes. Yes. I think that's important too. And I think that, you know, it's tongue in cheek and it's, you know, in, in some ways I also felt like it was a love letter because like, when do we see those parts of our lives and our community reflected on TV and on film. And, you know, are we challenging some of it? Yes. But like, that's what comedy does. That's what it does. Exactly. You you. know, like, and it's nice to be at a time where whether it's this film or whether it's the Beyonce track, like we can talk about those things. I think that's another kind of evolution in representation. We can talk about all parts of the things that are the fabric of our communities. Yes. And it doesn't just have to be, because I think we can be, we, we can get stuck in everything being super aspirational and perfect, right? At all mm-hmm. times. That's very limiting for creativity, for progress, period. And then people are going to eventually rebel against that. And then you're just going to have bananas material. <laughs> <laughs> So let us, you know, let us mix it up a little bit. But yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think people like, you know, like I said, I read it and watched it. I was like, oh, oh, and I knew it was coming. So I think it's going to be fun, actually. I think it'll be, um, yeah. In the same way that, again, th- think about, and, and, and 
like Regina does this really well. Think about Scary Movie the first time you saw that, right? like flipping a genre on its head. And I think that there's something there. There's like a, a, a through line there that I just want to shout out to her for doing it again and with new people and in a different way. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit to a very, very different project that you were part of called Breaking. Um, it's It stars you and John Boyega and it is... It is heavy. It is gripping. It is a thriller. It's also the last time that we see Michael K. Williams on screen, which is a moment, you know, all on its own. And when I saw this at Sundance, that was, you know, we were a lot closer to the time that we lost him. And so that was an experience for me on its own. And now I've seen it again. There have been a few tweaks. We changed the title. And I think I got to watch it after already having that experience with it mm-hmm. and with a fresh pair of eyes. And, you know, I think it's just such an incredibly important film for so many reasons. And it was so layered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it, look, it's, it's John Boyega playing Brian Easley. Uh, it's definitely like he's, he is the, he's the lead character, but it is an ensemble piece. And I think it's, 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 it's amazing how, uh, Abby, our director, was able to give everybody moments, like a depth, uh, like where you really get to see a little window breaks, a little window opening into the sort of internal life of the character and also the sort of corporate mask of the character or like what they think they should do based on what society is saying they should do. And then the sort of undercurrent that I think that was really masterfully done, especially for a first time, you know what I mean? Coming out the gate. But then also, again, something that drew me to it was getting to work with these people working with Salinas, working with John Boyega and the level of artistry and level of commitment that he brought from day one. You know, when we're all in this one room in this bank for how many days shooting this project like theater, you know, we were basically doing it like theater because we had to, you have to stay alive and keep the stakes alive for the other people, even when you're not on camera, you know? And so for me, that was really really enriching. It felt almost like, cause I haven't done theater in a while and especially not during the pandemic. Um, I felt like it was, it was really good to be a part of a community like that again. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And super intimate. And it, it would have been, I think, pretty mind blowing just as a story if it was fiction, but it's not, it's absolutely based on a true story. This really happened. And that makes it, I think, it just made it linger for me longer. It made me revisit that news story. Wow. And then it just made me like, God, you know, this is just one, this, this, this story got a film made of it, but how many of these stories are happening Ooh. as we have this conversation right now? I'm so glad you said that, Courtney. I mean, this is the thing about this piece is he's like, he wants to be heard and he's, uh, he wants to be heard and he goes to these lengths. He's gone to, he's tried a number of different ways, right? All the standard routes and he's trying this final way that is, it's like puts everything on the line. But what about the people who went through the same thing and didn't do that, that are just forgotten, right? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what you're speaking to. And that's why I think the story is so important because, you know, this is one person that 
paid the ultimate price and took the ultimate risk um, to be heard. And now we're telling the, we're, you know, telling a story as best we can, uh, hopefully in the efforts to, again, get his story and other stories out more and have, have more of a conversation about um, the way that we take care of and receive, re-receive our um, veterans, people in the military, but also people who are frontline workers, I think need to be added to that right now because I'm seeing, you know, I have people in my family in the medical field, like I'm seeing definite PTSD in all sorts of things happening there too after the last two or three years. Um, and I don't know that they're covered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to get too heavy, but that's, that's definitely a huge part of the draw and what we're hoping for. I mean, you said that you don't know if they're covered. I think you probably do know that they're not like, we're not taking care of each other. And we know we know that this is happening. Like we know that it's there. It has a name, you know, right. it ha- things to art like this. It has a face. PTSD is so real. And I think that so many people everywhere in this country, in our communities are going through it for so many reasons, you know, and you could like pick a cause, like pick a reason, pick COVID, <laughs> pick these mass shootings, you know, like I'm not okay next week when somebody tells me I have to start dropping my kids off every morning at school again and like crossing my fingers that we're not on the news tonight. Like that's a real thing. But I think that John did a really fantastic job of like, I mean, he morphed to me, like he morphed into somebody that's like, before words come out of his mouth, I'm like, that man is suffering from PTSD. Like you can you can see it. And I think that that even like this recent kind of increase in conversations about mental health, like we can see it now. It used to be like stabbing in the dark. Like we didn't actually even know what we were dealing with or what the signs were or what it stems from. And now we have all of this information and it still somehow feels like, you know, we're not doing enough about it. And it's so, it was kind of creepy to me because I do. I think about Michael. He, 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 he never hid the things that he struggled with from us as a public, as fans. He was open about those things. And somehow, at least for me, I can say I was still horrifically shocked. Yeah. You know, at, at the way that we lost him. And then I kind of felt like, like shame on us. Like not, you know, I mean, not that it's anyone's fault, but like, he wasn't hiding and were we just not paying attention or what is it about these things that still now we talk about them and and we're still slipping through the cracks it feels like i think you make a really powerful point i think that's a little bit of the conversation that we're having in the movie which again i think you're the first person to mention that parallel it makes me a little bit uncomfortable to really lean into it because I just want to have respect for, for him and yeah. for that. But I think, I think you, I think you make a poignant point, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too far into that. Yeah. There wasn't really even a question there for you. And I feel the same way, even like, I'm just trying not to like well up right now, but yeah, like, it's, 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 it's a- just goosebumps, you know? And then it's also like, part of me feels a little bit, I guess, good that 
this is the kind of project that he left us with because he was very adamant about drawing attention to the fact that we never know what everyone's dealing with. I think that's the thing. That is really the thing. Whew. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And I mean, I will say this on set. Um, he was the most generous and like people, it's funny as people say this and you hear it and you're like, okay, that's what I have to say. No, like anyone who's hearing my voice right now, I mean it there was, you know, we're in shooting during COVID, during Delta variant, everything. It can be difficult. You got to stop and start. So stuff going on. He came in with so much grace, no matter what was happening. I have a phone call in the film with him. And this is a, this is a man who has been in hit shows, hit movies, everything like nominated for things. He's a star. He did not have to show up on his day off to do my off-camera phone call. Okay. Okay, y'all, like people can be like, oh, that person's great. But that's what he did, that that's the kind of environment he created and the kind of generosity and comes in laughing, kicking, like ready to work, is exquisite when he's working focused and, you know, complimentary. He was like, you did great work, you know, all this stuff. I'm just like, you just never know, you know, one of the most generous and like one of the best people I've, I've, I've had an opportunity to work with, to be honest. So, yeah, I don't understand this planet sometimes. <laughs> That's probably why I'm doing what I'm doing, uh, trying to make sense of it uh, and, you know, live through different experiences. But, yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely an honor to work with him. Thank you for that, Nicole. Um, I want to get into your character in this film, Estelle Valerie. She's, you know, she's working at the bank. She's, you know, in this, you know, what I think anyone would imagine, like threatening you would think that she would feel very much in danger and very threatened and, you know, kind of, I've got to fight for my life, but that's not really the energy that I was getting from her. And it's pretty, it's pretty quick that you catch on to the fact that maybe she's catching on to something that everyone on the outside, the people watching the news, the people calling the shots aren't really grasping. Like, do you think that that is more representative of where, we are as as black folks living in today's America. Like I'm on now. You know, yeah, like and that's the thing. That's the thing I really appreciate about, you know, Abby, our director, is is a white woman. And I think she did capture that, that like, you know, Estelle sees what's happening sooner. Also, this is based on a true story. So this is a a Wells Fargo, AKA old school Wachovia <laughs> that was robbed a few times. And I actually, in preparation, drove over there because I was in Atlanta for a few weeks um, to see the location and what neighborhood it was to get like a, a, a real vibe. And uh, it's now closed, of course, but it had been robbed a few times. And so I also looked at some of the writing of her police report and mm. some video footage. And she was like, you know, she'd been robbed a few times. At, at this bank and sort of had a system, you know what I mean? And it was like, she knows how to do this in a way. It's not that it's not dangerous, but there's a certain toughness and a certain like, okay, we just got to get these people out. And she has a, a, a very, interestingly enough, he's the one who served, but she has this sort of militaristic way of executing, you know what I mean? Like of, of like managing and like covering all of the other um, clients and the people in the bank. So that was really interesting about her because I 
Nicole would have ran out of the door. <laughs> okay, I would have been gone. Okay, like right? there's no question asked. If I look, if I go to into look, my family will tell you if I walk into a store or the movie theater and somebody looks wonky, I'm out. I'm yeah. gone. I'm gone. There's no okay. Let's let's see what this is and let's get people to safety. I'm just letting everybody know I'm not Estelle. Because sometimes when you play these characters, people come up to you and they feel like that's going to be what you're like. I'm not okay. So <laughs> that there. <laughs> so that was definitely like a thing for me, and I, I I questioned it, but I saw the footage and she stayed in order to keep people safe. And I'm like, what is this woman about? This is a true story. What is she doing? She she could run out the door and she chose not to. Mm-hmm. It's a true story. So that's the thing too, is like, it's not her story, but there's a sort of heroism that's happening that I don't even know if people completely recognize it. Um, but wow, you know? Yeah. Being sort of like that person and staying really calm under pressure. But then there are moments when you see like, she's scared, you know? She's scared. She's scared for her family. She's scared uh, about losing her own life for her peer, Rosa, played by Selena's. Also, there's a fear of what could happen to Brian because other people do not understand what PTSD or trauma or, you know, everything is looking like coming from a Black person that it's like even more threatening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there are moments where she's putting it together. Like, what is he talking about? Why is he being so kind? This is not this is not what I'm accustomed to in, in, in these spaces. Yep. That's what I saw from her. I saw more or maybe most what stuck out for me was that she was scared for him. Like, I felt like she kind of knew, like she was on a mission to get this guy out alive. And at the same time, I think she also kind of suspected that there wasn't a very good chance of that happening. Yeah. I mean, don't we all, I feel like everyone can really can relate to that. Don't we all have somebody who, if other people see them on the wrong day, like it could be dangerous for them, mm-hmm. but they're just not having a good moment or they're just not right. Or you, like, you have to understand, you know what I mean? And look, I'm not condoning in any way, any situation like this at all. And that, that must be said. And I don't think that the film is either uh, because we are, like you were saying about, you know, taking your children to school, we're starting to see a lot of uh, people come in with that sort of vigilante violence and showing up in spaces and everyone will have reasons. I, I don't think that that's what we're doing here. It's really just taking a look at how this person got to this place and if other things could have been done, you know what I mean? And all of the factors and like a true story I just have to say that because I feel like that's there is like a little bit of a fine line there that I think about when I think about this project in the in, in the world that we currently live in. You know, yes. I think just what is it three days ago, like Salman Rushdie was just like stabbed on stage or whatever. Yes. Um, yo, that's frightening. And and that person could easily say, hey, I have this and that going on. Um, so it's 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 a, it's it's a it's a tough one. It's a tricky one. That's something I've I've been thinking about a lot, but, you know, there are scenes before we get to this point where he, he, he was at the VA and he's, you know, doing everything that he can to be heard and, you know, wasn't being heard. And there are certain promises too. I just got one more thing. Certain promises that the nation has made to people. And we're also having that conversation, um, even down to 
Estelle and Rosa and the bank, they're like, you wouldn't do this to another jurisdiction, to a different bank. Why do we not have backup? Why are y'all so chill about what's going on in our neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Why is this not moving quicker? And without beating it over the, it, you know, some people can just see it and be like, oh yeah, they need backup. But if you know the world we live in and you realize where, where this place is, then you realize that that's also a whole, that could be a whole other movie. <laughs> right, like they are not coming. <laughs> exactly, yeah. but there's a reason why. There's mm-hmm. a socioeconomic racial reason why. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting that you pointed that out because I was going to point out something similar, but kind of different. And that is I used to live for a second. I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, and I happened to live on the plaza, which was like a really fancy part. And there's a Bank of America there that I banked at. And it was there that I learned that like banks get held up all the time. Like banks actually get robbed very, very regularly. And we don't hear about it on the news unless it's, a you know, there's a tragedy like this. Right. But I wondered, you know, when those, when those bank robbers, what is the protocol? What is the difference in protocol when the bank robbers look like us and the bank robbers don't? Because most of the time it's like nerdy, kind of computer looking like white people going in there, getting the bag, walking out with no incident. You know, maybe they get apprehended later outside away from like, away here. from patrons. <laughs> and maybe they don't. But I'm like, what do you mean? It was like, yes, it'd be like, it's Tuesday. The bank is closed for a robbery. Like again, really? Like you never heard of it and certainly didn't hear of people getting, you know, shot to death w- w- with the bag in their hand. And right. so this movie kind of called that into question for me as well. When you talk about, you know, what constitutes an emergency, I think still has a lot to do with who's, who's, who's in there. Absolutely. And I think the fact that it's a black woman, uh, Latinx woman and uh, a black man in the space, you know, that's a big part of the way that things are handled. And I think that I feel like she really leaned into that without being heavy handed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really good film. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope, I hope audiences will like one of, you know, what I'm doing, if they're like blasphemous for the first one, maybe they'll like, (laughs) (laughs) you'll, you'll be redeemed by the second one. (laughs) They'll be like, okay, I, I, she ain't that, she ain't that bad. (laughs) Last question for you is last time I talked to you, you told me that you really were like, feeling at least at the time, like pretty moved to create, you know, and like create your own content. And that one of the things you wanted to see or wanted to challenge yourself to put on the page was like our joy as a people. I wondered like, how is that going for you? It's going, it does take time, you know, putting on a new hat and learning new skills and creating, it's like almost like you need a separate team for that. Right. Cause I'm already had, had people with sort of this vein of 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 my life Mm -hmm. but it's going and I feel good about it it's exciting I think Hong for Jesus speaks to some of that joy you know me wanting to have a little bit more levity and what I'm creating but that doesn't necessarily always mean comedy it means uh a, a variety of nuances like I'm I think sensuality like I've been watching like I've been watching some of P Valley lately and like 
just seeing um, Lomerta and I'm forgetting her name. Who who runs the who runs the the the, the, the club? I'm forgetting her name. Oh oh um. Oh gosh, Nicole, now you made me forget. I know, it's so bad, but their relationship, like there's so much sexuality and I'm like, I, I don't know that I've seen that. And actually one of the interesting things is like, we had like a little bit of that in the Black Mirror episode, but it was like virtual, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like just the variety of experiences that are actually happening without anesthetizing it and like cleaning it up too much. I just think it's really interesting. So it's joy. Joy is a very broad term for, I think, um, the complexity that also comes from like storytelling that that's not about what I like to call crying and dying, you know, like I have a term with my other actress friends and they're like, you know, what have you read or whatever? I'm like, girl, <laughs> they sent me a whole bunch of crying and dying, <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of people have gotten accustomed to seeing us in that light, but there are a lot of, uh, you know, you got the Easter rays, you got, you have people who are creating a lot of material that's not about that and is showing us in other situations. Um, And so, yeah, that's something that I'm about in my own little funky way. And yeah, I, I, I hope, you know, people will sit tight and like be excited about what's, what's to come. Yeah. 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 The answer is yes, I am. And uh, I'm excited about it. Oh, good. Well, I am too. I can't wait to see what's in store. I'm so glad that you took the time to talk to me today. It's got to be a busy time with you promoting both of these films, but they're both fantastic and I cannot wait for everyone to see them. Thank you for listening to Acting Up. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcasts at thegrio.com. Follow us on Instagram at actingup.pod. Acting Up is brought to you by The Grio and executive produced by Courtney Wills and produced by Cameron Blackwell. <laughs>